the old renaissance is the new renaissance standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction this is the harlem brewing company uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste a sound and a feeling that can only be described in one way harlem style so come and take a trip on the a train with our harlem sugar hill golden ale and our harlem renaissance whip beer the neighborhood original Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Being good, I'm a bad bitch. I'm sick of motherfuckers trying to tell me how to live. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, March 16th. I'm Donald Ware. It's Takeaway Tuesday and want to really break down a couple of the games from week four of the HBCU football season. We're going to start things off this way. We had Box to Row National Co-Players of the Week. The first player, Jalen Jones, he's the quarterback for Jackson State, completed 14 of 27 passes, 250 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions in the ball game. As a matter of fact, rushed for another 42 yards and a touchdown in the victory over Mississippi Valley State. He didn't play the entire game. I think the coaching staff uh, just wanted to kind of pull him maybe a little bit of a concern uh, for for injury, not injury, but just, I mean, the game's in hand, right? So you don't need to, you know, further exacerbate what's happening. He, he did everything that he needed to do and had a solid game. I would say and I will say that Mississippi Valley State did put a little bit of pressure on Jalen Jones And, I mean, we've seen in the past couple of weeks where his completion percentage has been very high, but but a little bit of pressure, but still he fought through the pressure and was able to put up those great numbers. We'll talk a little bit more about that. The other Box to Row National Player of the Week, Antonio Zeta, the kicker for Tennessee State, connected on three of four field goals, including – the game-winning 35-yard field goal as time expired that lifted the Tigers over Eastern Illinois 20-18. As a matter of fact, his 62-yard field goal with uh, about four minutes remaining put Tennessee State ahead, and then ultimately Eastern Illinois scored, uh, got their own field goal, and then Tennessee State was able to go down the field and get the, the Zeta. 35-yard field goal to win the game. As a matter of fact, what made those two field goals, uh, the 62-yarder and the 35-yarder, even more special was the fact that Zeta missed from 38 yards. As a matter of fact, the other field goal he made was from 51 yards. This kid is splendid. I don't understand how he didn't make first-team OVC back in 2019. He led uh, the OVC in field goals made per game, I think he led the OVC in points, uh, something like that, or at least points among kick, amongst kickers. I mean, he had an absolutely phenomenal season. He was going to leave, ultimately decided to stay. I think if you listen to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast back in the summer when we had, before everything really shut down, and when we had Rod read on the program, he talked about the fact that Zeta was going to leave, ultimately stayed. And, uh, wow, I mean, Tennessee State grateful for it uh, with the game-winning 35-yard field goal to seal or to win the game for Tennessee State. Those two, Jalen Jones 
and Antonio Zita, our Box to Row National Players of the Week. So let's go a little bit further into a couple of the football games, and we'll start with the Jackson State game. And I mentioned what the running game was able to, the passing game, excuse me, for Jackson State was able to do. I mean, you know, I watched the first half of that game and then a little bit of the second half. And, I mean, now, again, Mississippi Valley State was able to, and you and you got to, I mean, there's a couple of things you got to look at. I mean, you got to look at the fact it's Mississippi Valley State's first game. Jackson State is in a rhythm, right, is, you know, has won two games and uh, had played the previous week. So it's in a bit of a rhythm. Players are really, really coming to play. And so you have to look at, you have to, you have to give Valley a little bit of a break from that perspective. I thought, especially in the beginning of the game, that I thought that Mississippi Valley State and and that that defensive line led by Jerry Garner was able to get some pressure on Jalen Jones. They made him uncomfortable. They made him have to run. He threw the ball away a couple of times. And so they did their job in the beginning. But that Jackson State offensive line really started to hold up, came into its own started to protect a lot better to the point you look at maybe midway through the second half on Jalen Jones had an absolute field day. I think also in watching that game, you looked at, I I talked a lot about Jerry Garner. He's a good player, but Jackson state double team Jerry Garner a lot to the point that they would engage him. I remember even looking at one play because I like to look at certain things in a football game, not just what, the quarterback does or if the running back gets the handoff I like to look at key players even if it's an offensive lineman that's a key player I like to look at that offensive lineman in this case it was Jerry Garner so my eyes were on 92 for the majority of the snaps when Jackson State had the football and I thought that after a while uh, I mean I thought the whole game really that Jackson State did a good job against Jerry Garner specifically against Jerry Garner and then ultimately was able to do a better job against Mississippi Valley State, their uh, off their defensive line as a whole in the second half. Um, you look at the you know uh, uh, the running game right for 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 Jackson State. I mean they were able to run the football a little bit, but not as much as we had seen Jackson State run the football, particularly against Grambling, where they gassed Grambling for. It may have been close to closer to 300 yards uh, in that football game. Um, when I look at Valley, I mean, I'm going to give Jackson State a lot of credit defensively. I mean, you talk about putting pressure on the quarterback. Well, also, uh, you look at Mississippi Valley State. Jelani Eason didn't have a lot of time to throw the football at times. Uh, I think Jackson State put some pressure on him. He was able to escape from time to time, but it was more mostly a short passing game. Like I didn't really see Mississippi Valley State really try to throw the football down the field. I don't know if I mean I, you know, Easton's a guy. He comes out of Portland State uh, when he played for Portland State. The amount of time that he played put up some decent numbers. I mean, even against Oregon, the University of Oregon, in one game. I mean, he had some. I mean, you can't numbers don't mean everything, right? But if you're playing against the Power 5 schooling, you're putting up some of the numbers that he did against Oregon. He threw a couple of touchdown passes, had a high completion percentage. I mean, that that's that's sort of saying something uh, in my mind. 
but Eason in the game, 17 of 36, 117 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, again, 17 of 36, so he completes less than 50% of his passes for only 117 yards. And again, Eason's a kid that hadn't played in a couple of years as well. So, you know, you're going up against a Jackson State defense that's pretty decent, right? It's a pretty decent defense. It's played a couple of games, got a couple of games under their belt. That defensive line for Jackson State looked pretty good on Sunday. And so give, obviously, Jackson State a lot of credit from the defensive uh, perspective. I mean, you look at it a little bit. Let's look a little bit deeper at that Jackson State defense. Delvin Dunn, two sacks in the ball game uh, to lead in terms of sacks for that Jackson State defense. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, now now Jackson State's going to have a, a good football game. We're going to talk more about this later in the week when Jackson State's got to travel to Montgomery to take on Alabama State, who a couple of weeks was in a dogfight, lost um, to Southern, had an opportunity to tie the game at the end and couldn't get it done. But I thought, to me, I mean, to be able to hang around in that ball game, you know, I thought, I, I you know, I, I thought the Alabama State quarterback did a good job. Davis was supposed to be that guy. I, I like Alabama State, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But a lot of credit goes to Jackson State in that defense. And again, uh, Jalen Jones was was really, really good. And that's why he is our Box to Row National Player of the Week. The other game, the other game that I want to look at, I want to look at a little bit deeper, is that Tennessee State football game. Tennessee State and Eastern Illinois. And, you know, it was a game in which Tennessee State, like, had to have this football game. Already 0-2 on the season, didn't want to start the season 0-3. We know the OBC is extremely tough. And I thought that Tennessee State fought. I mean, you're looking at a team in Tennessee State that was down 17-3 in the third quarter. 17-3 in the third quarter, but then began to get some offense going. Scored a couple of touchdowns. You know, I mentioned Zeta and what he was able to do to give um, the Tigers the 18-17 lead with 4-10 left on a 62-yard field goal. Now, that's got, I mean, uh, you have to have a lot of confidence. Your coach has to have a lot of confidence in you. I, I think they feel like, okay, this kid kicked a 51-yarder earlier. Yeah, he missed a 38-yarder. But, I mean, you're going to have that. Like, when, when guys are able to knock down 50-yarders, they're going to miss chip shots from time to time. I mean, that's just the balance of how things go. Had a lot of confidence in him to kick that 62-yarder uh, when the offense was stalling. He ultimately made the field goal. But Eastern Illinois comes right back. Gets a, a a field goal of its or a, a excuse me a, a field goal yes excuse me a field goal uh, to go ahead with 41 seconds remaining. I was li- actually listening to the Eastern Illinois broadcast uh, of this football game and Tennessee State. As much as the offense was okay um, in this ball game, able to really really. Uh, put together on that last drive. And, I mean, I wouldn't even call it a drive as much as I would have just called it a really, really huge play that Tennessee State was able to get a 48-yard play. Isaiah Green to Cam White 
for 48 yards, then got a, a, a run, a, a, you know, and to really put Zeta into position to knock that field goal home uh, from 35 yards out, which proved to ultimately be the game winner. Isaiah Green, the quarterback for Tennessee State in the ball game, completed 21 of 32 passes, 257 yards, no touchdowns, but he didn't throw an interception either. He was sacked one time in the ball game. The running game got going a little bit. Benefield, 16 carries, 120 yards in the ball game as Tennessee State rushed for 165 yards in the ball game. So give Tennessee State a lot of credit, able to come back, uh, able to win that ball game, and that was a big, big win for Tennessee State, a must win, and Tennessee State was able to get it done. So wanted to look at those two games a little bit deeper. Also wanted to tell you about our Box to Row National Players of the Week and also want to let you know that the Box to Row coaches or the HBCU coaches and media polls are out right now on our website at boxtorow.com. Alabama A&M remains number one with the coaches, but the margin is much slimmer than it was last week. And Jackson State remains number one with the media with the gap widening a little bit. Uh, you know, Alabama A&M and Jackson State don't meet until I believe it's April the 24th. It's sometime in April. It's, April. it's towards the latter part of the season. Uh, so that's going to be obviously a f- good football game. But man, we got a lot of football uh, remaining. But those are the two teams that are ranked number one by the coaches and number two by the media in the HBCU football polls. We're going to break down the polls a little bit further on tomorrow's show. Hopefully, we'll also have a special guest tomorrow on the HBCU football daily podcast. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU football daily podcast where you can find us on our website, boxtorow.com. You can download or listen or on Apple podcasts as well as iheartmedia.com. Talk with you tomorrow. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Amari Hardwick, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years.